a poll that was done in 2002 said that American girls, of American girls, 80% of American girls had been on a diet before age 10. Wow. That's staggering. Wow. Before age wow. 10. So these ideas mm. are, are not new to our kids. They're affecting them at a very young age. There are already ideas um, in their head that even their very young, very prepubescent body is somehow flawed. Mental health challenges are often kept in the closet or even swept under the rug. We know they can affect anyone from adults to children and the struggle is real. Join us as we talk about relevant topics with mental health experts. Welcome to Equip Online, a place for hope and help. Well, welcome to Equip Online. I'm Wally and this is Brian. And today we've got a special guest that Brian will introduce in, our, in just a second, Brittany Gilchrist, who's going to talk to us about body image and the impact that it has in today's culture. So, Brian, you want to introduce Brittany? Absolutely. So, uh, Brittany, uh, I do have to say first and foremost that uh, we have, uh, it's kind of exciting having you, Brittany, because your husband happens to be the youth pastor of our church, Chris. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of extra special for us here yeah. at uh, Stonebridge, kind of neat. Um, but Brittany is a, a licensed professional counselor um, with a, uh, a certification in eating disorders. You really have a specialty in working with those who uh, struggle with eating disorders. Um, and uh, you've worked several years as a counselor um, and you've worked with adolescents and adults in various levels of intensive care. Um, about two and a half years ago, um, she founded her own private practice called Peace and Purpose Counseling. And um, again, you hold a, let's see if I can say this right, Certified Eating Disorders Specialist. So you've yes, actually got good. a cert. Thank you. That's a mouthful. Uh, but you've gotten a certification, <laughs> something you're passionate about for sure. Yeah, and, uh, that was a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. And so um, I know that kind of really leads us in even to our topic, which we'll talk about here in just a moment. But hey, Brittany, before we do that, anything else in 60 seconds or less, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, well, I'm really excited to be a part of this conversation. I love the intersection between mental health and faith. I think it's so important. And so I'm excited to be able to do this with you guys. Um, as you said, I have an awesome husband and um, a new-ish mom. Um, I have a one and a half year old and um, I, I've always been passionate about working in the mental health fields, but I would say becoming a mom made me feel even more passionate about the world that we're raising these young people in and how to, you know, continue to be able to help them navigate some of these topics. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Brittany. Well, so today's topic, um, is about body image. And I think it's such a relevant topic because of the world we live in. And we'll talk a little bit more about that and kind of how this world is different than, you know, I'm a, I'm a Gen Xer. Are you a baby boomer officially? I'm just yeah. old. <laughs> You're just old. So we, we grew up in different generations, um, but there's some unique things that we'll get into this generation. But, you know, as I think about body imaging from the top of my head, um, it's rare to find an individual who will look at themselves in the mirror and think, man, I just love every single aspect of my body. I mean, I just am like, perfect. Wow, this is awesome, right? I mean, I really think that whether you're an adult or a child, 
we have struggles with this, right? There's just, we can pick, we can be so negative about Mm -hmm. ourselves and embracing, you know, who we've been created to be. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think this is a really interesting topic. Um, And so, uh, so we're going to just jump on in there and uh, Wally, I'm going to ask you to kick us off if we get this discussion going. Yeah. So the term body image, when we use that term, Brittany, in your expertise, what is it that we're talking about? What does that encompass? And then secondly, how big, I know it's a big thing for you because you kind of specialize in this, but how big of a deal is it in our culture today? Especially for teens, what we're looking at. Right, right. It's a great question. So body image is our mental picture of our size, shape, appearance. Uh, It's how we feel about our body. It's how we feel in our body. And it's also can include our perceived um, belief or understanding about how other people see our bodies. And I emphasize perceive because most of the time we have no idea how other people see our bodies. We're mind reading. And that's kind of where the comparison comes in. We're mind reading where we fall as compared to other people, but that mind reading can take up so much mental space. Mm -hmm. Um, And Brian, as you alluded, there's a really vast spectrum of body image. Um, It's not good or bad necessarily. Those aren't the only two categories. Um, It's, it's very, there's a lot of gray. So I like to think of it, you know, a lot of my clients, of course, have very, very, very negative body image and are very um, disassociated or disconnected from their body. Um, And so we're just maybe starting on one end of the spectrum, which is tolerance, tolerance for your body to tolerate your body. And then it's acceptance and then all the way to compassion. And so lots of um, lots of gray there. Um, and then to answer your question about how big of a deal is this, um, that's a, that's a really important question, I think, because sometimes body image can be sort of minimized into a vanity issue, or we don't want to talk about it because we want to put those ideas in our kids' heads or things like that. But the average, or, um, sorry, the, uh, a poll that was done in 2002 said that American girls of American girls, 80% of American girls had been on a diet before age 10. Wow. That's staggering. Wow. Before age wow. 10. So these ideas mm. are, are not new to our kids. They're affecting them at a very young age. There are already ideas, um, in their head that even their very young, very prepubescent body is somehow flawed. And then if you think about that all the way juxtaposed to sort of the end of life, uh, the New York Times did a study of nursing homes and interviewed people nearing the end of their life. And what were some of the regrets that they had at the end of their life? And the number one answer was the time I spent hating my body, Mm. number one. And so that just really paints this picture of this. It's not a minor issue. It's not, you know, something that just certain people are being affected by. It's often a lifelong issue that if we can, and of course, we'll talk more about this piece too, but if we can really help educate and um, provide good care for this, we can 
slow or minimize or even um, erase in some cases a lifelong issue. Yeah, that 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 is staggering. Even just hearing those statistics about, you know, how young it starts, and mm-hmm. even a life looking back over your whole life reflecting yeah. is is pretty yeah. sobering to think about how big of, of an issue this is. And you know, I, I've seen it. You know, to your point too, that you know, even I think about um, kind of the, a basic command uh, as a Christian is this whole idea of love your neighbor as yourself. And I, I feel like there's something too in this idea of body image where if we don't learn to love and accept ourselves, our body, who we are, it impacts yeah. our relationships too. You can just see like that is just so Absolutely. foundational to us right. even integrating relationally into the world. Um, right. And so, yeah, I think it's such an important thing. So kind of to build mm-hmm. on that too, um, kind of help paint a picture, I guess, if you would, Brittany, I know you work with a lot of different ages, but you definitely work, you've worked a lot with teens and adolescents. Mm-hmm. Help us yeah. to kind of understand um, what is this generation of teens um, facing in their world that's kind of unique, that's different than maybe mm-hmm. what I would have grown up in or someone really old like Wally would have grown up. <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> But just help us to paint that picture. It's good to kind of appreciate that perspective a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah, so bullying and peer pressure and, um, you know, emphasis on appearance and things like that, that's not new. We all knew that. We all grew up around that. Um, But to your point, yes, I do think the climate is very different because even, for instance, um, when I was growing up, there was this window, there is this safe space, you know, so perhaps I experienced some of that bullying at school, but then I would go home and I would have this, you know, three o'clock to nine o'clock window of time where I had a break from that. I had relief from that. Um, You weren't feeling those pressures as much. And our young people just don't have that anymore. They, they have this constant onslaught of information. It's in their pocket. It's on their phone. It's, um, you know, it's coming in at all times. And so that really paints a different picture for our young people today of how to navigate this conversation, because there aren't those built in safe spaces, um, that, that many of us had, you know, hopefully growing up. Um, and, and that, yes, of course, I'm uh, mostly alluding to social media in that case, but I think it's also important to speak to the media um, and general aspect of this. So for instance, when we think about commercials and movies and things like that, um, you know, we're learning from a very early age, these connections between these products and happiness. So, um, like, let's say I'm trying to sell mascara. Um, you know, those commercials are showing the girl putting on the mascara and then she has all these friends and she's happy and she seems, um, you know, walking down the street, feeling good about herself or whatever it may be. But, um, that starts to make this connection that if I do this to look good, then I will be happy. And so I think 
um, you know, a lot of our work is starting to pull apart some of those connections of um, happiness is so much more than that. It's so, it's so much deeper than that. Um, and how do we start to make sure that it doesn't get so wrapped up um, in our body image? Yeah, no, it's yeah. so good. And Brittany, I remember we were talking um, earlier and yeah. uh, you had mentioned uh, a story about Cindy Crawford. Yeah. That was it. Tell me, yeah. uh, just share, share that again. Um, kind of what, Absolutely. what happened in that story. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a big believer in helping our young people feel like more educated consumers of their receiving of the information that they're receiving. So, um, one of the stories I like to share with my clients sometimes is the story of Cindy Crawford and she's flipping through a magazine and she comes across a picture of herself and she starts crying. And this is a true story. I don't know if I just shared that, but, um, and she comes across a picture of herself and she starts crying and says, I don't look like that. Mm. And I think that really shows the weight of, you know, when, when my clients are our kids or these, you know, individuals are looking through magazines, looking at media, um, there's so much work being done. There's so many teams and people in place to make somebody look different than they are that when they are saying, I don't look like X, Y, Z, I'm saying neither does that, neither does Cindy Crawford. She's looking at herself mm. and she doesn't look like that. And so really helping, um, you know, our young people understand that what they're looking at isn't real, that it's, it's literally not a human necessarily yeah. that they're looking at. Um, and that, that can be a helpful way for them to begin to process that, um, the comparisons that they're maybe falling into are just very largely unrealistic. Mm -hmm. That's so good. So you said a word earlier, um, safe place. And I think about that just, uh, you know, how as parents can, there's really no way that it seems impossible in today's society with all the tools that we have. I mean, you mentioned magazines, mm -hmm. you go to the, um, check out at the grocery store and there's glamor magazine. I haven't bought one. Uh, just, <laughs> sure but there's all these images, you know, uh, that are there. And then you've got a cell phone so you can be uh, bullied yeah. through texting or you can find media uh, that presents this unrealistic uh, image. And so as you look at all those things, if I'm a parent coming in, how would you coach me if my child was was struggling uh, mm. with these thoughts? today in their world. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good point that we can't, can't live in a bubble. We can't fully remove ourselves from these kinds of things. Um, I did a talk in Houston a few years back and I was driving to Houston, you know, about 45 minutes, maybe an hour, depending on the traffic kind of drive. And, um, I thought, you know, just out of curiosity, I'm going to see how many billboards I can count on the way to Houston that have something to do with food or body. And I was at about by the end of my drive, about 35 to 40 mm -hmm. billboards. So that's almost one a minute that had to do with mm -hmm. something related to food or body. Mm -hmm. 
So you're right, Wally, we can't fully remove ourselves no matter what really what we were trying to do. It just it's just not realistic. Um, and so that's why I say I'm a, I'm a big proponent of education around um, the media that is being consumed. That being said, um, I am also a proponent of limits and structure and, and parents, you know, placing limits and boundaries on phone use on media intake. Um, my husband, Chris and I have limits that we put on ourselves for our phones and, you know, wanting to make sure that we're being present with our son and, and with each other. And so, and I mean, we're not teenagers, so, um, much more our teenagers need those limits. Um, for instance, I certainly would not encourage teens to be sleeping with their media, with their phones. Um, there's so much room for um, unmonitored activity and, of course, disrupting sleep and, and things like that. Um, so that being said, I do, I do encourage limits. But as far as not being able to keep people um, fully away from it, absolutely. And so that's where... Um, the education, the story about Cindy Crawford can be helpful to share that with your kids. Um, Dove Beauty Campaign has done a lot of work and maybe we can even link to some of their stuff too, but um, they've done a lot of work around videos that will show the model beforehand and then all the way to what you're seeing at the end and the drastic difference of what people are intaking in at the end of that product. Um, and so being able to really talk through that with, with your kid of what you are seeing, what you're taking in is not real and you're not comparing yourself to something that is real. So, you know, Brittany, I remember, and I can't, I'm struggling right now trying to figure out where I read this, but, uh, it may have been John, James Thompson, uh, met a young man who had a birthmark that took up uh, a good portion of his face. And he was one of the most confident, uh, young, uh, young men that Thompson had met. And he just asked him about that. And he said, well, you know, my dad told me that, uh, when I was born, that heaven was so excited that an angel reached down and kissed me. Mm. And that's the mark <laughs> that it left. Wow. So I'm thinking of the power of a parent. Mm. You know, yeah. in the lives of their children, mm. uh, and, and and you know how how do how do we have that impact? How do we, you yes. know? So that's where my mind is is going. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yes, I love that. I love that perspective shift. Mm. I love, like you said, that um, so much of this work can be done in the home and can be done um, in that parent-child relationship. Um, there are a couple things I really like to emphasize when, like you said, kind of coaching parents through some of this. Um, and one of those is how we talk about bodies in general. So, you know, I, I sit across from a lot of young girls who will say, my mom never, never would have said something negative about my body. She always would have told me it was beautiful but she had a lot of negative things to say about her own body. And everybody says we look similar. So what does that mean about my body? And so I'll really encourage parents. It's not just about what, what you're speaking about your kid's body, but it's also how you're speaking about your own body or your coworkers' bodies or your friends' bodies. That when we are, we are talking about body positivity, it's, 
for everybody. It's for all bodies. And that is really helpful kind of way to frame it, especially for young people. Um, and the other thing I really like to emphasize is validation. Um, I'm going to steal somebody else's story. My uh, previous uh, supervisor, when I was new to counseling, wrote a book on validation, and she shared this story in her book. Um, but she shares that her daughter came up to her and said, Mama, I am feeling really bad about my body. She was young, like at the time, maybe, maybe 10 years old. I'm feeling really bad about my body. And, um, uh, Melissa's the name of my former supervisor. She, she and her family, they're all very tall. And so her daughter was saying, I'm taller than all the other girls. I, um, I just feel very different. And everything in Melissa was wanting to argue with her, right? Like, don't say that. Don't say that about your body. That's not nice to say about your body, you know, all of that. But what probably would have happened if she said that is then her 10 year old would have just started kind of arguing with her. Right. And it wouldn't have been super productive. And so she leaned down and she said, it's really hard to feel separate and different from your peers. That's a really lonely feeling. And her daughter kind of looked at her and took that in. And she said, yeah, yeah, I feel really lonely. And she, Melissa and her kind of sat there. She gave her a hug and she said, mama, do you think, do you think I'm big? Do you think I'm fat? And Melissa said, no, I don't baby, but I do know what that feels like. I do know how hard that can be. And her daughter goes, Okay, can I have some ice cream? <laughs> and because I love that story because Melissa was able to diffuse the mm. situation by validating her daughter's feelings. And so that's the other thing I really encourage parents, you know, is to, to validate. I mean, Brian, just the way that you were kind of sharing at the beginning that, that this is hard for a lot of people and that those feelings come up and are okay and are valid and real. and um, yes, of course, then we can go into, but your body does wonderful things or your body is wonderful or things like that. But it can be so helpful to start with by really validating their emotions, um, and helping them understand that, that those feelings are very natural and, and, and hard, hard to process. Yeah. We're, we, uh, Wally and I, you know, getting to be a part of equip, uh, we're getting quite an education as well, uh, which is secretly we're doing this because we need a lot of help really is this the Don't bottom line <laughs> no but uh but i mean validation has seemed to be a theme that mm -hmm. has really come up a lot i think it's just a powerful powerful tool because we just want to immediately go to try to fixing the problem absolutely we'll just wanna, but there's something about that connection that you experience mm -hmm. together when you take that validation step it's so powerful yeah. i love that love that yeah. um you know i'm thinking too Brittany, that you know, as a parent, kind of building on this, um, I imagine you can, as a mom or dad, you get hit with different things. Maybe you get hit with stuff like your child comes up and just, um, you know, I don't like how my body looks or, um, you know, I, I noticed, you know, maybe it's a comment about my thighs are fat, you know, these kind of things. Um, you know, I think you're alluding to some really great ways again, to, to validate. Um, if we were to build on that, are just, are there some, 
proactive strategies to that, you know, are good for parents to practice and helping them to kind of see their body in a positive way? What would be some of those strategies? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, I, I do like to emphasize um, the just the way that bodies are talked about in the home in general. And I like to emphasize validation. And then I love to go into some practical strategies that can be used. So for instance, when your son or daughter brings up that they're struggling with this, and again, a lot of this is maybe after you have validated that emotion, um, talking about why do you feel this way? You know, going a little deeper, helping your child understand where that thought is coming from. Like with the, um, with the ice cream story, I just shared that, you know, she was, the daughter was feeling separate from her peers. She was comparing herself to her peers because she had something specifically that made her feel different. Um, and I, I hear that a lot, you know, something that makes you feel separate from the people around you. And it may not have anything to do with weight. It may be something else. Um, and so helping your child like process through that and be a safe place to work through some of those thoughts and feelings. Um, another one I think can be helpful again, depending on the age, but what are you believing would change if you looked the way that you wanted to? What are you trying to achieve here? What are you trying to get out of this? And this kind of goes back to what I was sharing about the media and commercials. Are you believing that that would get you acceptance? Are you believing that would get you love? Are you believing that would get you happiness? That's really helpful because then we can talk about that need on a deeper level, perhaps than, um, you know, the, just simply changing your body. If we if we were to go back to some of the research that's being done and, and even probably we all kind of know this organically that um, most of the time when people do make drastic efforts to change their bodies, it doesn't get them that, that result that they're wanting. They're still unsatisfied. They're, they're not necessarily getting the happiness or the acceptance or the love that they thought was going to be on the other side of that. And so working through some of that with our children, helping them understand that. Um, What's a part of your body that you do like? Is there something about your body that you do love? I like this question because it helps us move away from some of the black and white thinking again. You know, we, um, especially our young people can get caught up in it's, it's all bad or it's all good and there's no in between. And so I like trying to even start the conversation of, um, is there something that you do like? Is there something that you do love? Is there something in between these two extremes. Um, one of my favorites is thinking about all the awesome things that your body can do for you. We're often so preoccupied with the way it looks, but it is working all the time to keep us healthy, keep us functioning, keep us breathing, keep blood pumping. Um, I, I do a lot of values work with my clients, so I like to help them identify what their top values are. You know, my top values are family. My top values are faith, friendships, um, caring for others, compassion, you know, those kinds of things. What are your top values? And so I'll kind of go back to the values work there. And um, what does your body allow you to do as far as being our most important vehicle for meeting our our values for working towards our values. So, 
you know, Brian, if you were to tell me my top values are um, my friendships and my faith and um, uh, we'll throw in like a like painting. Let's say you just took up painting. Nice. <laughs> my daughter would be laughing right now because she's the artist. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then we might go into, well, as far as like relationships, your body allows you to help people and your brain allows you to be able to pay attention when they're talking and um you as far as your faith your body allows you to worship and your body allows you to participate in ministry and as far as painting your body allows you to paint and create and um you know give back to the community through that beautiful gift that you just developed but um you know going back to all the things that our body is constantly doing to help us live fulfilling lives another one i like is body positive affirmations so that is things like my body is beautiful my body is enough my body is capable my body is um wonderful and you know, of course, when I first bring that up with a client and you guys might even be going there mentally, the client is thinking, I don't believe that though. So what's the point? I don't believe that. Um, and, and your kid might say that back to you. It probably will. Um, and I say, yeah, I mean, uh, not today, but it's the same thing with the negative thoughts about your body. If you had had one negative thought about your body and never had it again, it probably wouldn't hold very much weight, mm. right? Probably wouldn't impact you very much. It gains power in the repetition. It gains power because mm. you have now repeated it to yourself over and over and over again. And so it's the same thing with the positive body affirmations. They gain power in the repetition. Today, they feel phony baloney, mm. but they won't always, you know? And um, I like the idea of a parent and kid doing them together. You know, you're both, sitting there, um, maybe in front of the mirror, maybe not, whatever feels better, but, you know, doing them together, it's a, it's sort of accountability, a team effort. Um, and then I kind of touched on this one already, but I think your body is wonderful. Of course, this is after validating the emotion. And then I think all bodies are wonderful. Let's talk about how all bodies contribute to society and contribute to the beautiful picture of what we see around us. And then kind of one last one is, you know, reminding our kids your worth, your value, it's never going to be measured in a clothing size or goal weight. Let's talk about where your worth and value really comes from. Let's talk about the, you know, amazing gifts that you are and, and really um, help shifting away from that is where that is where your identity or your value can be found. Brittany, as um, how I remember my wife had got a book for my children when they uh, my wonderful. I can't remember what the next word was, body, my wonderful machine, something like that, that, cool. you know, when the kids were little. Yeah. I mean, uh, how early is, is it something, let's say that our kids that we're not aware that they're struggling with this right now? Mm -hmm. Is it a subject we even broach or. Do we begin to be proactive with uh, with mm -hmm. books like that for our children? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's a great question. I think there's not too early, you know, and, and that some of the um, examples I just gave are, are deeper. They're going to take mm-hmm. more right. than teenage brain, right, you know, but, um, but, but certainly talking about what our bodies can do for us, um, listening to our bodies, engaging with our bodies, um, it might sound silly, but I do that with, with my one and a half year old already, you know, I say like, Oh, that was such a good job that you just listened to your body when it told you that it was thirsty or, um, you know, when he grabs his water bottle and things like that, you know, talking in that perspective, um, like, like that statistic said, this is happening so early. Um, and I've had, I've had very young clients. Um, you know, that are already dealing with, with so much as far as this goes. And so really as early as we can start having some of the body positive conversations, the better. Yeah. I love that. You know, as, as we begin to kind of wrap up, it's always just uh, good just to kind of talk about our takeaways. Um, I know, I know for me, some things that stand out, Brittany, um, and just so many, but even that statement you made a couple of them, even in the way you approach it, you can't uh, immediately jump to full acceptance and um, compassion for your body, but even to start with tolerance, you know, I think is a good word about this is a journey. Not going to, you know, if you're having real struggles with here, we just need to be patient with that. Um, So that, that was a huge takeaway for me. And I love that question about um, if you were to change all these things with your body, you know, what do you think that would accomplish for you? You know, cause I do think, Part of it too is exposing that we have these, we have some really false um, beliefs that are going on here. Again, yeah. about, yeah. you know, these people we're looking at, again, that's not really them. And even if I mm-hmm. could look like that, do I really think that's going to make me happy and why? Mm-hmm. You know, I just think those are such great conversations to get into yeah. as parents and validating and then really helping to bring that affirmation over that mm-hmm. journey. So um, I yeah. love this conversation. So, Wally, anything Thanks. for you? Well, yeah, you know, as you talked with me about an old guy looking back, <laughs> um, it is a little bit different perspective. I mean, I really think about um, from my perspective as a parent, uh, probably the most valuable thing that I can do is to deta- take time to detach from everything else so that I have time just to be in my child's presence mm-hmm. so that, um, you know, I can be building into them, but also that I can be paying attention where they have those questions, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and today's society, um, it, it's really hard to do that when we've got, we're so entertainment driven and so many opportunities, you know, 600 channels on cable to watch sports. Of course, now, you know, the sport you're no watching is Fortnite really, yeah. during this COVID, <laughs> but, uh, but I, I really think about that and just think that, um, if I could counsel younger dads, it would be to say, you know, take time. You take time uh, mm-hmm. to spend with your child uh, and look at that as uh, even if a meaningful conversation comes up or not, just being the w- there with them will allow the likelihood of those conversations to come up to be much greater. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. As we wrap up, Brittany, is there a, a final little thought or challenge you'd want to throw out there? I'd love to just give you an opportunity as we as we wrap up. Any final thought for us? Yeah, I just I want to say thank you guys for letting me be a part of this conversation. Again, I love the the work that y'all are doing to help um, bridge the conversation between mental health and and faith. And um, you know, I hope that these 
these things were helpful. And as parents, we're always trying to do the best we can for our kids and any kind of takeaways or things that may be helpful for your family specifically, you know, maybe different than my family necessarily, but we can, I think we can all draw from um, this conversation and, and hopefully help provide a world for our young people where they, they feel really um, safe and secure and, and comfortable with the beautiful um, bodies that God has given them. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I know it's been a really, really great topic and uh, we want to thank you for watching and Brittany uh, also just want to, if someone watching right now wanted to learn more about this or they wanted to connect yeah. with, or they wanted to connect with you, how would they do that? Yeah, that's great. So we'll link some um, resources that I like to use in the office, some workbooks for teens and adults and things like that. Um, so that people have that information. And then my website is www.peaceandpurposecounseling.com. You want to reach out to me via email or phone through there. You are hearing this and thinking maybe um, you'd like some help for your kid or adolescent or yourself or, or whoever, then um, those are all great ways to get a hold of me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks. We just want to thank you for joining us and uh, want to mention that Equip Online is a partnership between Stonebridge Church and Mosaics of Mercy. Mosaics of Mercy is an awesome nonprofit here in Montgomery County, and their heart is to be a mental re uh, mental health resource hub, uh, just to help people find support groups, counselors, all kinds of great resources for you to take some next steps. Um, we also, as Brittany mentioned, we, we have a website, Equip Online. We encourage you to check out to learn more about how to uh, take some next steps and, and learn more about these topics we talk about. Um, and as always, we just want to encourage you. Our, our desire is that you would walk in the fullness of life that you've been created for. God bless you.